both sides of us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, you guys ready for God's word this morning? It's Christmas. A Christmas blessing is what we're going to be uh, unpacking the next four weeks. And man, talking about Christmas, I asked uh, uh, the uh, leadership team that was here this morning that are here early to serve and pray, and I asked, how many of you have got all of your Christmas shopping done? And we had one hand go up. How many of you guys have all of your Christmas shopping done? Okay. Amazon's not helping, is it? I figured by now you would have had all of it bought. Black Friday, Amazon, all that. Okay. Are you guys the ones that shop on 24th evening? How many husbands shop for your wife on the 24th evening? Oh, I forgot my gift. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I'm just letting you know. Do it now. Don't wait till the 24th. <laughs> you're like running like, oh, no, it's not there. Not the right size. I can't get it. No. Okay. Anyway, Christmas, it's, it's just so much fun. There's all this uh, food. There's all these lights and trees and celebrations and, and, and parties and hanging out and, and friends and family and, and a lot of busyness that comes with Christmas, right? But man, it is all also good. But there is so much more to Christmas. There is so much more to Christmas, and my goal in the next four weeks, I feel like God has been dropping this in my heart, is to help us strip away all of the stuff that has been added to Christmas and, and to get to the core, uh, the core of what Christmas truly is and, and the true blessing that comes with Christmas. Uh, the, the, the meat the importance, and how Christmas is not something that stops on the 25th of December, but Christmas is a reminder for what happens throughout our lives, what happens 365 days of our lives. Today is uh, the start of the Advent season. When we, th uh, when we think of Advent well, we, we, we think of the season of anticipation, anticipation before Christmas. And while that is so, there is so much more to that. Throughout, throughout its history, the church has observed uh, Advent as a preparation, not only for the first coming of Christ through His incarnation, but also to remind us of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming back again for His bride. That should excite us as followers of Jesus Christ. That should give us hope to look forward to something that is ahead, the second coming of Jesus. But there is a third coming that we missed out. A third coming. The coming of Christ to meet us in our present moment in the daily to make us holy and whole by his word and by his spirit see we are as human beings we do this we, we kind of uh, celebrate the past we we focus on the past and then we celebrate and we look forward so much to the future and the things ahead but we forget the today we forget to be in the moment that god has placed us right now God didn't send His Son, Jesus Christ, so that we can only focus on the second coming. He sent His Son so that we can have hope today. 
that we can have hope in our current season, in our current moments, in our current life right here, right now. Tish Warren said it this way, Advent is the season when we practice watching for grace. It is a time when we pay extra attention to how Christ continues to come. He continues to come. How He enters into the darkest corners of humanity and of our own lives. Does that give you hope? Does that, does that create some excitement? That's way better than the presents and the food and the lights and the trees and all of the, the money that we spend and all the credit card bills that we have after Christmas, right? <laughs> that, that there is a coming, a consistent coming. Christ is wanting to be with us, live inside of us, transform us from the inside out, and it's a daily occurrence. Through this season, in the next four weeks, I'd like for us to focus on this passage that prophet Isaiah uh, uh, delivered about 700, uh, 700 B.C. before Christ, and, and he's talking about the coming deliverer, a great light that would lead God's people into life, into a life of joy, into a life of joy. This morning, I talked to the, the, the leaders about peace and how we have this peace that God gives that the world can't give. And, and we get to experience this joy and this peace. But Isaiah, uh, the prophet, is, is, uh, is prophesying 700 uh, years before Christ about the arrival of a Messiah because the people were living in a dark world. And, and we can take this prophecy and we can apply it to the arrival of Jesus Christ. We can apply it to looking forward to Jesus coming back for His bride. But we can also apply it to our current state of mind. We can also apply it to the season that we are currently living in. So even as I read that scripture, I want you to forget the past. I want you to forget the future for now. But I want you to focus on the current. I want you to focus on your current situation, your current life, where you are today. And, and apply this passage and ask the question, how does this impact me today? How does this impact my current situation? Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. People walking in darkness have seen a great light. They've seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, a warrior rejoicing when dividing the plunder. Verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is the prophecy about the birth of the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Savior, Jesus Christ, the true light who gives hope and life to everyone, to everyone that wants to receive. 
So let's just backtrack for a second. Let's just pull back from Isaiah. Everything points to the creation story. And let's just go back to the beginning of God's creation in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And then he goes on. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. There was darkness. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. And God said... And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God is light, and God brought light, and light brings life. Light brings life. And so we fast forward to the New Testament, John, John chapter 1, and in verse 1, in the beginning, in the beginning, the word, Jesus, already existed in the beginning. The word was with God, And the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. He is the creator of all things. The word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created. Life. And his life brought light. To everyone. Light and life. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Does that give you confidence? That give you hope this morning for your situation, wherever you are currently, whatever you're facing right now in your life? The light shines. He brings the light of spiritual salvation and hope. He brings the light of spiritual salvation and hope. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. In those living in a land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So this morning, I just want to give you a heads up. I don't want to shock you. We're going to take the lights down in this room just to help you kind of grasp this concept a little bit. So tech team, if you can help me out. Um, we're just going to just try to imagine your life without light. In a dark space, trying to navigate. If you want to get the best experience, you might even close your eyes. Darkness. Darkness leads to depression. Darkness leads to death. Darkness leads to destruction. Darkness. No light. I wish I could have totally taken out all the lights, but hey. Christmas contains many spiritual truths, but it will be hard to grasp the others unless we grasp this one truth. The truth being, the world is a very dark place. It is. Which in turn makes our life and the compartments of our life Dark places. Some of us have given our life to Jesus Christ. Most of us have given our life to Jesus Christ. But there are still compartments in our life that are still dark, that haven't been completely surrendered to Jesus, the light. And so there's darkness. And we will never find our way or see reality unless Jesus is our light. Unless Jesus is our light. And we've got to understand that. So how is the world a dark place? The Bible, uh, in the Bible, the word darkness is referred to both evil 
and ignorance. To evil and ignorance. Evil, the world is filled with evil and untold suffering. We look at what happened in the time of Jesus as he was... uh, Uh, Jesus coming into this world, and right before Jesus was coming into this world as a baby, here is what was happening. There was violence. There was injustice. There was the abuse of power. There was homelessness. There was refugees fleeing oppression. There was families ripped apart and bottomless grief. Does that sound like the world we live in today? (laughs) That's the world that Jesus entered. Evil. There was ignorance. No one knows enough. No one knows enough to cure the evil and suffering in our world. We think we do. I don't think we've been successful. Look around us. We just seem like we keep digging ourselves deeper into a hole. (laughs) Because we're trying to figure this out ourselves. So just to give you some context, we we looked at Isaiah chapter 9, and he's saying, man, there is darkness, but there is hope. But in Isaiah chapter 8, it gives us a little bit more perspective or gives us an insight of what was happening when Isaiah was prophesying even this. He said, some may say to you, let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead. That was what was happening With their whispering and mutterings, they will tell us what to do. They will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Should the living seek guidance from the dead? Look to God's instruction and teachings. People who contradict His word are completely in the dark. They will go from one place to another weary and hungry because they've been living in the dark and looking to the wrong places for answers. I added that. It's not in God's word. And because they are hungry, they will rage and curse their king and their God. They will look up to heaven and down at the earth, and wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish. In the dark despair, they will be thrown out into the darkness. This is what was happening This is what is happening in our world today. They were looking to the world to fix their problems. They were looking to the so-called experts. They were looking to the mystics, the scholars for solutions. They were saying, you know what? We don't need your help, God. We can figure this out ourselves. We've got this. Looks very similar to the times that we live in today. But then we see Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Nevertheless, Jesus is coming as a baby. Nevertheless, Jesus is coming back for his bride one day. You and I have the hope of Christmas, the Advent hope. But nevertheless, Jesus is coming on a daily basis to meet with you. No matter where you are in your season, he wants to meet with you. And that is the hope that we have. It is offered to you and me freely. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. A light has dawned. A light has dawned. The light has dawned in the uh, the, uh, the source of life. 
and the source of life. And what is, we're trying to unpack what that means. Isaiah speaks of God's light dawning on a dark world. There's a dark world and there's a light dawning. He's using the symbolism of the sun. See, the sun gives us light. If the sun goes out, we would what? <laughs> Freeze, right? I don't know about you, but man, uh, there are days that it's so pretty in the day and I'm outside, I don't need a jacket and the sun starts to go down. I'm like, oh, what happened? It's getting cold. I need my jacket, right? It gets cold. I don't have hair, so it gets even colder. You guys don't understand that when you lose your hair. Man, it is a hard thing. Um, yeah. You look at the plants. They need sun. You look at the grass. It needs sun. One way you want to kill grass is take a black plastic and lay it down for a few days and see what happens. Pick it up and the grass will be dead. Why? There's no sun. Likewise, Jesus is the source of our true existence. He is life-giving. What does God's word say in Acts chapter 17, verse 28? For in Him, for in Him, not in the things of this world, but in Him, we live and move and exist. It's in Him, not in the experts and our systems and our processes, but it's in Him. We are borrowing our beings, uh, being and our existence from Him. This is truly for our physical body and also for our spiritual and our soul. For our spirit and our soul. See, according to the Bible, we lost our, or the original full right relationship with the Father when sin entered this world in the garden. Because we had full access to the Father, but then sin entered and it severed us from the Father. It severed our full right access. That is why Jesus came into the world as a baby to restore that. But we will never have that complete face-to-face -face interaction until Jesus comes back. But in the meantime, Jesus has given us His Holy Spirit to be in communion and to be in relationship. The reason we were severed due to the sin, due to that severance, and we don't have that complete restoration yet, we still face physical death. We still have spiritual death in our lives. That's why we have the loss of meaning and hope in our lives. That's why we fight addictions. That's why we have disordered desires. That's why there is shame and struggle with identity. That is why there is a deep disconnect and distractions in life because we're not still completely in connection with the father because of that sin but jesus has given us in intermediate but nevertheless that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever a child is born a child is born so remember in god's word he talks about the vine he's the vine we are the branches. And if the branches are connected to the vine, then we will bear much fruit, and the fruit will be good. But if the branches are disconnected from the vine, what happens to the branches? They wither away, and what happens? They're thrown into the fire because they have no value. Life. Light that brings life. He is the source of life. Light that was dawned leads to life. 
The light that has dawned is the source of truth. Sun gives us light, and we can see. If, light, if the light goes out, we can't see, and you guys kind of got a little glimpse of that. How many of you are driving at night, turn off your lights? What would that do? You should try it sometime. No, don't, please don't. I didn't say that. Is it recording somewhere? Don't do it. Yeah, you understand what would happen if you turned off your lights. This past Thursday, I was driving back from Wichita at 9.30, and man, talk about some fog. I could not see a foot in front of me. And by the time I got home, my shoulders were so tight, I I thought I was going to throw up. I I felt like I was having this nasty migraine because I was trying to see through the fog, and it was so hard to see, even though I had light. Imagine if there was no light. It would... I would crash and burn. <laughs> the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 6, God is light, and there is no darkness in Him. There's no darkness in God at all. So we are lying if we are saying we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. We're not practicing the truth. See, At one level, we know truth. All of us know truth. You know why? Because of God. Because you were made by God in the image of God. And God created your cognitive uh, faculties. And so you know truth. And let me explain that. It's like when you get ready to do something, you know, ah, I shouldn't do that. But man, I want to do it so bad. I shouldn't do that. Why do you say I shouldn't do that? Because inside there's this, this, this the conversation that is happening with God, the way God created you, and there's truth inside of you, the North Star that is telling you you shouldn't do that. Okay. So that, 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 there's that, at that one level you have that, but at another level you can't know God till He reveals Himself to you. And the way He does that is through His Holy Spirit and in the Word of God. The, the combination of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God starts to reveal things about God that you currently do not know, or maybe you do, but He reveals more daily. And God wants to do that in your life. He wants to shed light into darkness so that you can know the truth, because when you know the truth, the truth will... Yeah, you guys are reading God's Word. Good. Only through Him does your reasoning and your capacity work correctly. Let me say that again. Only through Him does your reasoning and your capacity work correctly. Some of you are reasoning things and you're justifying things that do not line up with God's Word. And you're making it truth. It's not truth. We need the light of Christ to know what absolute truth is, not relative truth, not what applies to me, but what applies and lines up with God's word. Only through his word can you truly understand who he is. And when you you understand who he is, you understand who you are. This leads to absolute truth. 
and your true identity. It's very important to understand this. The light that dawned brings truth. Lastly, the light that dawned is the source of beauty. Sun gives beauty. It is dazzling and gives joy. I remember before I even wrote this, uh, this message, uh, three weeks ago I was sitting at my dining room table and I, I remember this. Uh, it was uh, around 6.30 in the morning. I was actually writing a different message and I looked out the back window and I have never seen my, the tree in our backyard as beautiful as it was. This, the, the sunlight was hitting it just right and the leaves were, leaves were just glistening. It was so, I was just like, whoa. And then two minutes later, I'm like, I got to get a photograph of this. So I get up and I walk to the window and the sun goes behind the clouds. And they look like dry leaves again. True story. Sun brings beauty. It reveals the beauty that is inside. There are parts of the world where there's only a few hours of daylight, certain times of the year. And when that happens, there's a spike in depression. We need light for joy. God is the source of all beauty and joy. He is. He is our source of beauty and joy. St. Augustine famously said, Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. Until they find their rest in thee. God alone has life, truth, and joy that we lack and cannot generate ourselves. He is our divine light that delivers life. He and he came as a baby. So how does this divine light dawn? The answer, the stunning direction, <laughs> for to us, a child is born. This child brings the divine light because he is, he is. See, and here's the cool thing of this. He is the divine light. And once we receive this truth that he is the divine light, he is the light that we need for our life. He's the one that gives us life. He's the one that brings us truth. Because once we receive that truth, then he becomes a wonderful counselor. He becomes a mighty God. He becomes our everlasting Father. And He becomes our Prince of Peace. And we'll unpack these one at a time in the next four weeks. But He is our Christmas blessing. Not just for December 25th, but for every day of our lives. He becomes the light. He becomes our wonderful counsel. He becomes our mighty God. He becomes our everlasting Father. He becomes the Prince of Peace. So how does this light become a Christmas blessing? For to us, a child is born, but to us, a son is given. A son is given. We can't earn this. We can't do all the good in the world to become. We've got to just receive. A son is given as a gift of grace. It is ours if we are willing to receive it. Christmas, 
the Christmas gift of grace given freely with no strings attached. Given freely. The ultimate gift, a gift of grace, a gift of life that brings life, truth, and beauty into our lives. It's something that they anticipated with the birth of Jesus Christ. It's something that we look forward to, a return of the Savior so that we can be face-to-face in, with the Father. But it is for today. It is for your life now. It is for the, for the season that you are walking today. But also, it is given daily. And we receive this daily with more gifts that God has for us. Gifts that come through His Word. Gifts that come through the Holy Spirit. Gifts that come so that we can be connected and in a relationship with the Father. Jesus said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. And He said, you'll see me through the Holy Spirit. The light of the world is an undeserved grace. An undeserved grace. A grace so easy to receive, yet so hard. If you think about it, I don't have to do anything to receive it, but we constantly fight it. What? Why? So hard since our pride and our futile thinking gets in the way. Our pride and our futile thinking. Christmas, the advent, the long-anticipated arrival of a child is a gentle reminder that we are lost, so unable to save ourselves, that nothing less than the death of the Son, Jesus Christ Himself, could save us. Nothing less, only the death of Jesus Christ and us receiving that gift of grace can save us. It is a gentle reminder for us daily. It requires us giving up control. Control of fixing our own lives with our own strength and ability and processes. That was what was happening when Isaiah prophesied this. They were trying to fix themselves. They were going to the things of this world and God is saying, give up control of trying to fix your life. There is a Christmas gift for each of you today. Each of you. Not just for those that haven't received Jesus Christ. For each one of us today, there is a Christmas gift. If you have not received Jesus Christ, to accept this gift of Christmas, you have to admit that you are a sinner. To surrender to Jesus Christ, to humble and accept the need for that saving grace. You come to Him and you say, Jesus, be my King. I am sinful. I need you today in my life. I surrender to you today. I want you to take ownership of my life. It's a gift this Christmas. But also for those of us that have already taken that step to accept the Christmas gifts and I say gifts that come after the initial gift to, to be made new and being made whole through a continual relationship with a loving Savior. The Christmas gift is an ongoing, freely given blessing for a daily acceptance. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. 
Because Jesus has something for you every day. And a light that comes, that brings truth, that brings beauty, that brings life into our dry bones that, are, that the world and the sin of this world is destroying daily. Diedrich Bonhoeffer put it this way. The celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in soul who know themselves to be poor and imperfect and who are looking forward to something greater to come. Troubled in soul. And saying, you know what? I know you, Jesus, but there is inside of me still a part that is still dark that I need to surrender. There's still a part inside of me that I still need to let your light come in and purify and cleanse and make me whole. There is a part in me that I'm still selfish in a way, that I'm still focused on the things of this world, 